0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Courtside Take. I'm Kevin Haswell alongside Blake Pace. Uh, We've had quite the hiatus over the last week. Uh, Blake and I both on our spring break here at JMU. But excited to jump back in, talk some NBA. We're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Blake, how you doing?
2: Not bad. And you say we're both on spring break. You had a much more um, self-fulfilling break than I did. Yeah. I kind of just went off and had whatever fun I could. You did some great service for the hey. great state of uh, Utah. Yeah, it?
1: I did some volunteer work at Arches National Park. Uh, definitely a uh, life-changing type, you know, trip. Uh, but I'm ready, to, you know, jump back in. I felt like I missed, uh, you know, especially in the NFL, I, I missed a ton of wow. moves. Right. Um, I kept looking at my phone. I, I couldn't keep up with all the, you know, the Browns moves and all Crazy. and such. I mean. I had to double check that Tyrod Taylor got traded to the Browns. I didn't. That was crazy. Um, but like I said, this is an NBA podcast, yeah. so we'll uh, jump in. LeBron James earlier last week uh, finalized four teams. Blake, how did you talk about you know those four teams and you know which one you think LeBron's the best fit with?
2: You know, it's interesting because I mean, so he's laid down this list of seemingly four, and it's reports. So he's you know not officially come out and said anything, but from his circles, it seems to be. The Cavaliers, the Houston Rockets, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, just looking at that list, I mean, he can stay with the Cavs and kind of repeat what he's done. I, I think he has to keep them on the table right now because you have no idea how this um, how this postseason is going to play out. You know, maybe they make it to the finals and all of a sudden, you know, maybe one of these, uh, one or two of the Warrior Stars go down. Next thing you know, it's more of an even playing field. Yeah, um, so he can't rule out the Cavs yet because if he wins another championship, you know, why not stay in Cleveland? And then, you know, the next one um, who's, you know, most, you know, ready for title contention has to be the Houston Rockets. I mean, uh, number one seed in the West right now, you know, playing some great regular season basketball with uh, James Harden and Chris Paul. That option is always, you know, that would be a really interesting one for me because then you got to... You know who's bringing the ball at the court. I mean, that's yeah. three ball dominant players um, who all love the ball in their hands for a majority of the shot clock. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it plays out there. And then, of course, you know the two favorite options: these young stars in Los Angeles and Philadelphia. Um, kind of him bringing in the new wave of NBA talent. It seems like you know he's he's kind of taking the big brother role in Philly with Ben Simmons, and you know just you know shouts him out on social media. Um, and then over in Los Angeles, you've got, you know, Lonzo Ball has been on fire lately. Julius Randle, I mean, the Lakers just beat the Cavs last night. Uh, Julius Randle, I think, put up 36 points. 36 points. 14 or 17 rebounds. Um, yeah, had a great game. Brandon Ingram's there. Kyle Kuzma's there. Um, and of course, you can't forget Joel Embiid with the 76ers. So if you had to rank, you know, his, like, if you would, you know, I'm sure you would prefer, you know, Philly at one, but where would you rank most likely for him to land up, you know, one being most likely four at least?
1: Oh, if I had to go with most likely, it would, it would have to be L.A. one, uh, Cleveland two, Houston three, Sixers four. I don't really have faith in him uh, signing with the Sixers, even though they have a plethora of money. They have a bunch of young talent. I mean, I can't I can't even imagine how that would work with Ben mm-hmm. Simmons and LeBron. I mean, they're basically the same type of player. Uh and then Joel and beat. I mean that would be quite the uh quite the team. But, you know, I think realistically he wants to go to LA. I think, you know, that's what you know, I think Magic Johnson, uh earlier this season at the trade deadline when they made those trades to open up those two max spots, that's yeah. for LeBron and Paul George. Mm-hmm. Uh hopefully they can get both of those guys. Uh the only reason I wouldn't see him going to LA would be if They didn't get Paul George, and they had to settle for a different max player. I don't know if LeBron would want to go there if it wasn't Paul George. And in that case, I could see him staying in Cleveland. But then there's a problem in Cleveland, whereas the roster, while they did get a little bit younger at the deadline, they're still a really old team. Uh, And then you also factor in that they're way over the luxury tax. So don't know how they're going to pay him. Not that money is a problem for LeBron James, but you know he's going to want to get his paycheck. Mm-hmm. So then you move down the list to Houston. I mean, I'm not sure what their salary cap situation is, but you know they're right on the cusp of being the best team in the NBA. I mean, oh, yeah. right now I'm pretty sure they're like 34 and three or so, something close to that with Clint Capella, Chris Paul, and James Harden in the mm-hmm. starting lineup. Uh, it's Amazing, and you I mean you just add in LeBron James, who already has a, um, you know, you add in you add in Chris Paul to LeBron James, and you know they already have a great relationship, um, so you know you already get the chemistry there. I think Houston would be a great fit. Uh, I'm not sure if he wants to go to Houston, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the Sixers. I mean, they'd be a, probably one of the most talented teams in the NBA, but uh, you know, I, I don't know logistically how that works. Um, does LeBron bring up the ball? Does Ben Simmons bring up the ball? I mean, Joel Embiid, does that take away from him? Yeah. It's it's a, a whole big mess, but it'd be an amazing mess to have as a Sixers fan. Right. Um, but, you know, I'll, I I want to hear yours first, and then we'll, you know, counter with a different question.
2: Yeah, so my list, I think, you know, I would also go L.A. at one Um and then Cleveland at two, but I'd actually put, and I'd switch, I'd put Philly at three, Houston at four, and, um, you know, all the reasons you said for LA and, and Cleveland, I agree with you, those have to be the top two, um, and they have to be above all the other options because, you know, everyone keeps saying, you know, LeBron does have two homes in LA, he's, you know, potentially already looked into, um, Different schools in Los Angeles for his kids to go to. It it just. is seems... also a
1: rumor that he was looking over the All Star break. He had people looking at high schools in Philadelphia. Really? Yes. Oh wow. It was a rumor. He Man. denied it. Of course, he's gonna deny. it. He's gonna it, deny
2: but... all that talk. But that's interesting. I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so then I, you know, so I agree with you know. LA the top place if you can get Paul George. You've got can you that that lineup of Lonzo Ball, uh, you know, Paul George, LeBron, Kuzma, Julius Randle. It's very small ball. Um maybe you bring in Brook Lopez on a cheap deal if he wants to come back. Um or maybe, you know, you go out and find it just a, a fill in at center.
1: But see, that's interesting because who brings up the ball in that lineup because you know, LeBron's ball dominant, wants to bring up the ball, great passer. I really think he'll take away from the development of Lonzo Ball. Yeah. I
2: mean I, I just think I think with with LA and Philadelphia, I think LeBron is becoming this guy that wants to mentor the next wave of nba talent. That's why I think he's having those two teams as his... cuz all these all these other all-time greats they were great, they didn't help out their teammates, they didn't help in the new wave of talent. Kobe Bryant was, you know, chucking up as many shots as he could when he was, you know, 38, 39 years yeah. old. Michael Jordan still, you know, wasn't really taking in new waves of guys in Washington at the end or the end in Chicago. Um, I think LeBron Getting to the point with his legacy, he wants to be remembered as as what he did, what the place that he left the league in. Because yeah. right now, if he left today without the development and helping this new wave of talent, the NBA is in kind of a mess right now. The East is completely empty, um, the West is overpacked because they've all tried to get away from playing in the same conference as LeBron, and I think that he's kind of embracing this mentality that if I can make sure that the NBA has a, a new star that I played with yeah. and I made him... To become this, I think that says more about LeBron's legacy, which is why I wouldn't be too worried about um, about the LA with Lonzo because you know, yeah, they're both ball dominant. They both probably want to bring the ball up the court, but I also think that they're just both great passers off the ball as well. Like they don't, I don't think they have to be ball dominant. Um, and oh, then, LeBron
1: definitely. I mean, he's developed his three-point shot to exactly, a point yeah. where, you know, and, he doesn't even have to bring up the ball.
2: Yeah, Lonzo's three-point has developed over the past, you know, month or two. And and so that's why I don't think Houston is the most likely because James Harden and Chris Paul, you know, they're they're used to being the alpha males. They're used to being ball dominant. Um, and I don't really know. I mean, ever, ever since James Harden left uh, OKC, he has been that ball-dominant guy. Chris Paul has been that ball-dominant guy's entire career. So I don't know if you could convince them, you know, that you've convinced them to share the ball amongst each other. But if you brought in Le- LeBron, who is, you know, a, the better player than both of them, you have to convince them to be the two and the three instead of the one and the two. And so that's where I think it kind of falls apart for, um, for Houston. Houston. But Philly is interesting. I, I think Philly is a, a really nice sleeper because... Just of how much he seems to love the development of Ben Simmons, uh, same agent stuff like that. That you know he's he's um
1: he called him the King Jr.
2: Yeah, King Jr. Exactly, and that's where I kind of see this whole mentality thing where it's like, man, he might want he might... to take Ben Simmons under his wing, turn him into you know the next you know face of the NBA, and then LeBron gets credited with the development of the next wave of NBA um, royalty. Yeah.
1: So I mean, let let me pose this second question. If you had to order the teams on how good they would be with LeBron James added to their roster, we'll, we'll also say, because I think we both agree that he's not going to go to the Lakers unless Paul George goes there. So we're going to assume Paul George signs there. Paul George and LeBron on the Lakers, or LeBron on the Cavs again, LeBron on the Rockets, or LeBron on the Sixers. What? What... Of those four teams, which team is the best?
2: So, oh man, so my top two are going to be LA and Houston. The thing with Houston is, is that Chris Paul becomes a free agent after this year. You have to make sure that you can bring him back, and then Clint Capella has one more year on his contract left. But you have to keep space open to extend him. So, if if you bring him to Houston, you have to get rid of Ryan Anderson. His contract is too big, too many years left. Um, you're basically going to have to, you know trade him away for maybe a second round pick at best. Um, So you have to get rid of him. You know, honestly, I think if he goes to LA with Paul George, with that rotation they've got, with the young guys, Brandon Ingram has been developing. I mean, the Lakers are hot right now. We're going to talk about that soon. But I'd probably say the Lakers are, are the best team out of those four if he goes there. And then I'd put Houston below that. I'd put Philly third if he went there, and I think if he stayed on the Cavs, I think they'd be the worst off if he, you know, if he chose to go to either of those three, just because they have no cap space whatsoever and a couple guys hitting uh, free agency that they need to bring back. Yeah, no, I
1: understand what you're saying. Uh, I, I would, I, I don't know how you don't put the Rockets first. I know it's the tough. Rockets are basically the best team in the West right now. I mean, the Warriors are kind of faltering. Yeah. Um, you look at the Rockets. I mean, they, you know. They just keep dominating. Uh, and you put LeBron James, the best player in the world, on that team. I don't see how they can't be the best out of those four teams.
2: Well, I just think that it's going to be tough to bring him in and keep Chris Paul with all the cap and flexibility that they have right now. Okay. So, so if you trade away, I, I don't know if you're getting Chris Paul back with them if you're bringing LeBron in.
1: Okay, that's fair. But then I think you got to go with the Sixers at number two. Really? Okay. Yes. I mean, let's hear that. First of all, they wouldn't just be adding LeBron James; they'd be adding Markel Fultz, who is looking a lot better as week to week. I think he'll be a very solid shooting guard next year. Gotcha. Uh, Not, you know, not a star. I think you know maybe 15 points a game, Mm -hmm. but you're adding you know another scorer off the bench, Um, and then you know they still have a lot of cap space past that. I mean, they could maybe go out and get some low-level guys uh, fill up that roster. I still think. You know Ben Simmons, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. That's terrific. Two of those guys are going to be first team All NBA players. Joel Embiid and LeBron James on the same team. I don't think there's another team in the NBA that has two first team All NBA players. I mean, Katie and Steph. Is Steph going to be a first team All NBA this year? Think he's missed. So. He's missed so much time. I
2: think he would. I mean, I wouldn't put him. A, I wouldn't so put you, Russ above him this year. Well, Joel Embiid's going to make it. Yeah, Joel Embiid is going to. So Joel similar, Embiid's going to
1: make it. LeBron. Giannis or James Harden, or I mean, there's a lot of options yeah. here. Yeah. So no, no, all right, so either way, that those two players first team all NBA, and then you're not even mentioning Ben Simmons. Yeah. Who could be the next LeBron James? Yeah. When you think about talent-wise, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the report the other day. Uh, LeBron said if his son has a chance to play in the NBA. In the next six years, he, to he was to stick around and play with his son. Yeah,
2: I saw that. That's pretty cool.
1: I think he'd still be really good at 39 years old. Oh,
2: definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think uh, he's he's honestly going to keep turning this out till he wants to leave. He's going to leave and still be one of the better players in the league, in my opinion. The thing that I, I'd i say my reasoning for the Lakers being better than the 76ers, um, if LeBron James is on their team, is that I don't think Philly is going to go out and sign other guys because you have to worry about paying uh, paying. Joel Embiid, even though you've already extended him. You have to pay Ben Simmons eventually, um, and then you extended Covington. Um, so then you also have to make a decision on Darich. I don't know when his contract is up, but he got drafted overseas a couple years back. I just, I just don't think Philly would take the whole approach of bringing in everyone. I think that you would keep essentially around the same team, but you would add LeBron. All and right, that, so, that's going to take up a lot of money.
1: So the Sixers have a lot of cap space. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after this season, they have $34 million that drop off the books from J.J. Redick and Amir Johnson. Uh, combined $34 million this year, come off the books. LeBron will probably, what?
2: He'll, how much do you think LeBron's going to take?
1: I, you see, I think that all goes in back to the whole... No, what what you were saying earlier about how he wants to train the next breed. So you think I don't think I don't think he'd salary. be wanting that max salary. I think gotcha. for a while there, LeBron LeBron James up to like two or three years ago was not even nice. close to the highest played yeah. player in the NBA. It wasn't even on uh, his team for a while in yeah. Miami. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, uh, he, you know, wanted to get his payday, he wanted to be paid like the best mm-hmm. um, in Cleveland and he got that max contract. But, you know, I think if he wants to really groom this team uh, grim these players, then, you know, taking less money so they can sign other players is yeah. the way to go.
2: Yeah. I, Channing Frye, up... oh, that was part of the IT trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, I think you're also bringing in Paul George, who was also, you know, who's touching the ball less this year, but having, you know, probably one of the better years of his career. Um, so I think you know implementing that you're getting also Paul George, a guy that's capable of, uh, capable of being an All NBA kind of talent. Um, you know a rookie who's been hot, extremely hot late uh, lately. Cal Kuzma, you know early on success. Um, Julius Randle, who has been balling all season, especially since they traded away uh, Jordan or er, Larry Nance. Um, yeah, they they do have work to do, I just think that, that's really interesting. I didn't, it'd be close between Philly and the Lakers. I just would probably give the edge just because I think, Paul George has been I
1: think it'd be that. a whole different story if Markel Fultz came out this year and yeah, an averaged 20 points a game oh, definitely. and, that'd know, be so was much a rookie different. of the year candidate.
2: Because then you don't need to worry about f- replacing a J.J. Redick. Yeah. If Markel Fultz can shoot, you don't need to, you know, bring J.J. Redick back. He can go wherever he wants to go. He made his payday for his one year, um, And then that frees up so much more cap space for, uh, you know, bringing in other bench guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, I'm excited for this summer to see what happens. I mean, lots of moves. Woj is going to be on high alert all summer. So, uh, you know, going to be interesting. But, you know, we'll move on to our next topic, Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, I made a bet with uh, Matt Wyrick on the Pure Sports Podcast that they wouldn't finish top five in the West. As of right now, they're fourth in the Western Conference Uh, 38 and 28, really on fire right now. Alvin Gentry has got this team uh, playing well, even without DeMarcus Cousins and some other players. You know, Anthony Davis has really stepped it up um, this year. I mean, 28 points a game, 11 rebounds, uh, shooting 53%, 1.5 steals, 2.4 blocks per game. Unreal. It's ridiculous what he's been able to do for this team. He's really carrying them uh, down the stretch. But do you think the Pelicans are a legitimate contender in the Western Conference? Or do you think they're, you know, kind of in that mix? I mean, we see it from, you know, what? Number three to number eight in the Western Conference is what? Three or four games?
2: Three to to ten even now. Three to ten. There's a separation
1: of two to three games uh, between teams. Do you think they're a product of, you know, just being part of that mix? Or do you think they're really up there as, you know, a top five team in the Western Conference?
2: Um, I really think that they're up there as a top five team. Um, Now, are they... uh, Top three alongside Houston and Golden State? No. I think it's, you know, right now it's Houston, Golden State, and then it's a huge drop off till the next team. But I do think that they're up there, you know, with whatever team is hot at the given time. I mean, you got to take into account um, Minnesota has been missing Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, he might be back by the playoffs. Who knows where that's going to go? You might, um, the Thunder might pick things up again. I know they might be, they got back up to, I think, the five or six seed recently. Um, and you know, you can never count out San Antonio, but they really don't seem to be playing well. And they're at the seven seed right now, actually. So, um, I do think new Orleans is in that three to five team in the West and Anthony Davis is just balling. I mean, you also got to look, he's, I mean, he's shooting almost 36% from three. Um, I mean, yeah, he's only attempting about one a game, but I mean, to still be, you know, a reliable or shooter from deep when you are a big man is unreal. Um, I just think it's it's – they're next. Like, I just – I don't think there's a team in the Western Conference that can match up against Anthony Davis or anyone in the league for that matter. Because, I mean, you get into some of the better defensive players, they're not big enough to guard Anthony Davis. Kawhi Leonard, not big enough to guard Anthony Davis. LeBron James has the build but isn't tall enough. I mean, Anthony Davis can pretty much get shots over LeBron pretty easily, in my opinion. Um it's it's just so nice to finally see them having success. I mean, you saw them a couple of years back at that eight seed, and it was like, oh, they're next, and they kind of fell apart two years after that. Um, brought into Marcus Cousins, we're looking amazing with him. They're playing great basketball before Boogie got hurt, um, and they, they've still been able to manage it. Um, Anthony Davis is doing a lot, though. He, it, you know, it's tough on his body. He's been banged up a few times already in the past month. Yeah, uh, um, hurt his leg the other night, and I thought, you know, that oh, was that was scary. That was the end of their season, right? If he was out, they were just going to be a wash. Um, but you know, as long as he can stay healthy, as long as he's well rested, I think they're a team that could win a series. Let's see where are they slated at right now. They're at four. Yeah, so they're four. They
1: play the Timberwolves.
2: You play the Timberwolves and then go to uh, I mean, Golden did, State. No, you go. No?
1: You go Houston. One. Oh, Houston's one. Plus one yeah, yeah, I
2: forgot Houston's one. I mean they don't have the wing guys to match up with Houston. Um but you know, I don't I mean Capella might be the one guy that I say would have the best shot in the Western Conference against Anthony Davis, but I don't think You think Capella in the Western Conference? You not I Carl think, Anthony Towns? I Just I really don't like Towns on defense. I guess I guess you're right. I
1: the, I mean he's playing he stepped playing up his game lately, yeah, especially in.
2: since uh, Butler stepped down. So I guess I'd say Towns and then Capella, but um, yeah I'd have to say they're in that three to five range in the in the western conference
1: yeah uh, no i i I agree somewhat um you know I think the Western Conference is a lot weaker than we think um I mean the records might not say so, but you know a lot of these teams are very mediocre um I think there's a class A of Houston and golden State and then kind of the rest mm-hmm. um I mean you see it with Portland being the three seed in the west right now i mean that's insane they're Uh, 14 games over 500. 10 game winning streak right now, I think. But the one thing I I was looking at during, I know this is a little off topic now about the Pelicans, but it's interesting if you look here, I mean, the Warriors are a two seed uh, and Spurs are a seven seed right now. And Kawhi Leonard could come back and this could be, you know, a very similar Spurs team that was, you know, up in the playoffs early on the Warriors uh, last year before Kawhi (laughs) got hurt. So that's very interesting. Uh, Could get his revenge. Yeah, very interesting. you know matchup for for golden state especially the way they're playing without uh, steph curry and then the spurs can just get better by adding Kawhi. i mean Definitely. do you think the
2: spurs would have a shot at beating the warriors in the first round um last year i would have said yes you know most years i would say yes this team just as as of recent just doesn't look like they have it um especially gearing towards the uh postseason i mean you take a look at this uh Utah and Denver, tied in the nine seed, have the same amount of wins and just, you know, one more loss. So, I mean, San Antonio is, you know, quick at being, you know, the ten seed. Um, they Nothing about their rotation really excites me. Um, they've really just done a poor job of adding in young talent, and they've done a poor job in holding into their old talent. And they, you know, Pau Gasol, uh, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, um, you know, injury history with Rudy Gay. He's also 31 now. These guys that they're just trying to bring in and be the next wave of, you know, what you got with Parker Ginobili, it just doesn't seem to be working. Um, Deonta Murray, he's been okay. Uh, Patty Mills has also been there for a while and just, I mean, hasn't really grown that much. And even Danny Green is at 30 years old now. This team doesn't excite me as it used to. Popovich, yes, can really coach uh, teams up that well defensively. But, I mean... Offensive rating, 17th in the league, you know, I understand that's not their, their game. They, they they'd never have one of the more pro- prolific offenses, but, you know, that's not great. And especially um, Pace, 28th in the league. I mean, you're playing in a conference with Houston and Golden State, um, you know, OKC, who love to push the ball. Uh, to not be able to counter with that, you know, I don't have many high hopes for the Spurs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also tough. I mean, you talked about their offense. They're only scoring uh, 102 points per game. They're the only team in the Western Conference playoffs as of right now, averaging less than 105 uh, per game. So they're really struggling offensively. I think getting Kawhi Leonard back, uh, if they're able to get him back, would really help um, offensively. And, you know, they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. You add in Kawhi Leonard, I mean, they'll be stout in the playoffs. Uh, But we'll have to see. Uh, Another team we want to talk about. In the Western Conference, it's surprising that, you know, we already alluded to, uh, talked about them a little bit, but the Portland Mm -hmm. Trailblazers, they're all the way up to third in the West, 40 and 26, like I said, 14 games over 500. I mean, do you think this team has a chance to, you know, go to the Western Conference Finals, or, you know, or are they uh, first round and out?
2: Um, It all depends on the matchups. Um... (laughs) do I think they make it to the conference finals? No, cause you're going to have to go through golden state or Houston. And I just think it's, it's so there's not a team outside of those two that I think could make it in there. Um, but you know, they've done, they've done their work to, you know, be at this point to be at the third seed in the West. I mean, they've knocked off a whole bunch of teams on this hot streak and have, you know, really come alive at the right time. Um, you know, it all starts at Damian Lillard. He's up to almost 27 points a game. Um, shooting uh, almost 38% from three, 45% from the field, six and a half assists. Um, And him and McCollum have, you know, solved it. I mean, we were talking at the beginning of the season that this wasn't a backcourt that was working. And, you know, we talked about early on in the podcast about trading McCollum to the 76ers or, you know, whatever possible destination. I thought that they had to split it up. They've somehow made it work. And um, also, you know, Yusuf Nurkic has really come alive you know, he's—I he's, I didn't know he's only 23 years old. That's great to have um, at his age. Uh, 14 points a game, eight and a half rebounds, um, over a block a game. Uh, he's, you know, he's really been the—I feel like the—the the piece that's done the most for them this year. Um, his development has really helped because at first it was just Dame and CJ and who else. Yeah. Um, and now they've got Nurkic in there right in the center, um, and I think that's really helped them get to this point. The thing that I worry about them is their bench. I mean, their wing play I really don't like. Evan Turner, Alfredo Camino, Pat Connaughton, um, backup guard Shabazz Napier. You know, they, the bench doesn't excite me. I don't think that they can be relied on in the playoffs, um, which is why I think I'd give the advantage to New Orleans if that was their first-round matchup because, you know, Rondo's been in the playoffs. Um, Davis has been a, in a playoff series. Drew Holiday...
1: Um, has been there. Has been there, yeah,
2: exactly. So they have more experience than, you know, this Trailblazers team, but, you know, a lot of respect to them and what they've been able to do so far.
1: Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, the bench is something that concerned me as well. I mean, you go down this roster, you get almost 48 points, forty almost 49 points a game between Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. But then after that, you don't have, you have one other person averaging double-digit points in Yosef Nurkic. I mean, mm-hmm. when you go into the playoffs, you're going to need uh, guys to be able to come off the bench and give you the scoring um, and they they don't have that right now. I mean, uh, some disappointing uh, players towards the bottom of the roster. Noah Vonley, Myers Leonard, uh, Caleb Swanigan has not been great, and they drafted him. Zach Collins hasn't been great. I mean, there's a lot of disappointing players on this roster, and the fact that there are 14 games over 500 uh, is really a testament um, to Terry to Terry Stotts. I mean. You know, hats off to them, but I don't think the Portland Trailblazers are really a contender in the Western Conference.
2: Yeah, and could they get there? Um, I could easily
1: see them falling out of the playoffs. Just, just like, like that,
2: <laughs> if they got cold and drop all the way out? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, that only, it's, only, it's that close.
1: It's only about a game and a half separating them in like, the 10th.
2: Yeah, it, it is very close. And so I wouldn't, you know, we could be looking at a, at a playoffs in a couple weeks that has, you know, San Antonio back up to three and, you know, the Clippers in there... Uh, Denver could make it. Jazz. Who knows about the Jazz? Yeah, this could all flip flop, which is it's it's so interesting to see what's going to happen um, because there are going to be teams that deserve to be in the playoffs that don't make it there, um, especially when we look at the East and you know the quality of teams that are there. But moving forward, they got to shred some of these contracts. I mean, you can't be paying Evan Turner seventeen million, Maurice Harkless, You can't be paying him ten, Myers, Leonard. Uh, you know, almost ten. Um, they got to solve out some of their their cap mistakes. Maybe try and send those guys off. Just you know. Deal with the fact that you didn't get what you wanted out of them, um, and kind of work towards maybe getting a you know a solid wing guy in free agency, um, you know at the three or the four.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, I mean, you know, they have the two players they need to yeah. really compete in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. but if you want to get better, uh, you need. A, I mean, today's age, you always need to have that max spot open. Yeah. Uh, try to go out and get a better player, and right now, you know, they're kind of you know, strapped down to the ground. They can't really do much. Um, So you know, shipping out those contracts is going to be huge, and it's you know comes at a cost nowadays. I mean, you got to throw a first round pick to another team uh, to be able to get rid of a salary. So uh, we'll see how it goes, Um, but you know, I I still think uh, it's more likely that the Trailblazers end up at the seven or eight or outside the playoffs than at the three come season's end. But Mm -hmm. uh, we'll move on to our last topic, Uh, the Lakers. We want Blake want to talk about them. Um, Considering they played really well lately. I mean, they're still about six and a half games out of the playoffs, but they've you know, they been playing terrifically, uh, young players. Lonzo Ball has definitely turned it up after shooting about 30% uh, the beginning of the season. He's all the way up to about 36% from the field. So, you know, is this Lakers team able to make the playoffs? I don't think it's possible, but... Um, well, it's still possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. Do you think, moving forward, this is, you know going to help get LeBron James going to help them moving forward are they you know going to be back to the Lakers of the old in the next couple years
2: yeah I really think that, that what's been happening recently is is just you know great for their future um because at the beginning of the year it was like well you know Alonzo Ball is shooting miserably from the floor your best guy is Cal Kuzma you didn't really see a lot of Julius Randle because of the minutes um Larry Nance was taking away from him it was kind of just like why why is LeBron so high on coming to LA? I mean, we get the appeal of Los Angeles, big market, um, bringing in Paul George, but there wasn't much around at the time that I was like, you know, oh yeah, they're gonna you know be able to compete with the Rockets and the Warriors. But I mean, what you're seeing out of these guys recently is, is just it's great, it's great for their future, and um, they've been hot recently on a nice win streak, um, and there are guys that you can you know get rid of after this year. You don't have to keep Isaiah Thomas. Um, I'm not sure what Brooke Lopez's contract is, but I feel like he's expiring this year. Um, and you've got young guys at, at every position. So you've got Lonzo at guard. Um, you brought in Contavious Caldwell-Pope at the two guard. You can keep him off the bench if he wants to stay there, but he might you know, try and go look for a payday. At the three, you've got um, Brandon Ingram. At the four, Kyle Kuzma. Small ball five, you got Julius Randle. Um, those are all guys that like should excite you you know, at least at the position to be like, oh, I've got at least a potential, you know, star in the league or a great role guy off the bench. Um, And, you know, even even some of these younger guys, uh, Zubac, Zubac? Not sure how how to say that. Josh Hart has had a a solid year off the bench. Um, I just think that, you know, what they've got going recently, it's, it's just amazing the turnaround that they've had, and especially with Lonzo Ball. I mean, to be back up, as miserable as a three point shooter he was at the beginning of the year, he's back up into the 30s. He's around 33%, um, which still isn't great. You thought his three ball might translate a little bit better, but he's getting there. Um, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Brandon Ingram has upped his points total to 16 a game. Um, you know, it's just it's so much more interesting than it was beforehand, and I really think that, you know, it makes sense why LeBron wants to go there. Um he can bring in this new wave of Lakers success and be the guy that, you know, brought them back to life, um, because they are such a historic franchise.
1: Yeah, I think the two most promising or three most promising players, uh their three three of their youngest players have really showed promise this year and in Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh Brendan Ingram has really, you know, Taking his game to another level. I mean, 16 points, five rebounds, almost four assists. Shooting 47% from the field, 38% from three. Yeah. I, I really like what I've seen out Brandon Ingram this year. I was a big fan of him at Duke. Um, you know, his development has come a little slower uh, than Ben Simmons, but I still think he was you know a great pick there at number two. And then Lonzo Ball, another number two pick. As you know, really, you know, everyone was questioning him early in the season when he's shooting around 30% from the field. But almost up to 37%. Uh, really turned it around. Three-point land. I mean, he's shooting 32.7%. So, you know, not bad. And, you know, seven rebounds, seven assists, ten points. I really like what I've seen on Alonzo Ball. Uh, you know, down the stretch of the season, he's really coming into his own. I think it took a little bit of an adjustment period for him, you know, getting to the NBA. Uh, and then, you know, you got to talk about the surprise, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, who would have thought this guy would have come in the league averaging 15 points, uh, six rebounds. And, you know, shooting uh, 36% from three. I mean, he's been terrific for them, uh, really good stretch four, And I think those three guys, I mean, by themselves, uh, entice a player like LeBron James and Paul George uh, to come play because I think a lot of these guys still have a lot of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, they keep improving, uh, I can see them as title contenders in the next two to three years. Yeah,
2: and and I know you. I've, I mentioned him beforehand, but but since Larry Nance was traded... Uh Julius Randle averaging over 20 points a game, 10 rebounds, over 4 assists and is shooting 59% from the field. I mean this was someone at the beginning of the season that the Lakers were like, "Oh, I don't know if we're going to pick up his fifth year, if we're going to extend him into this off season." He seems to just have come alive since, you know, he got more minutes in in the rotation um and he's really showing that he was worth what that sixth or seventh overall pick a few years back. I mean, he's come alive and and so I wanted to ask you something. So do you think? So you said that LeBron probably won't go to LA if he doesn't know Paul George is going. Is Paul George still going to go if LeBron stays in Cleveland or goes elsewhere? Ah, oh,
1: see, that's tough because why would Paul George go to LA without LeBron when he can stay with Mello and Russell Westbrook and compete for titles in Oklahoma City? Yeah. I just I think it's more of a you know he's going to hit up LeBron this off season. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? And if they, you know, both want to go to LA, I think that's what happens. I just, I don't see him going to LA by himself, um, simply off the fact I, I don't think they're ready. Um, gotcha. Without both of them, they're not ready to compete for titles. Uh, but you know, you never know. I mean, it's his hometown, so.
2: Yeah, the only thing that I so. think is that in Oklahoma City, unfortunately, with. Alongside Russell Westbrook, you're never the primary scorer. I yeah. mean, Russ, because he holds the ball so much, he's going to take the most shots. And um, you've still been able to see Paul George get his when he needs to get his, but if he goes to L.A., I think he just immediately is the number one scoring option. Yeah, Brandon Ingram has really developed his shot. I don't think he's the consistent guy yet where you're saying, we give him the ball more than we give um, Paul George. And Lonzo is a guy that just you know runs the offense, finds the open shooter, makes great passes, gets you know just a great mentality. Yeah. High IQ for the offense, and I think he could feed a lot more. I think yeah. he'd be a more. I think he's a better, not a better point guard, but Paul George I think would enjoy playing next to uh, Lonzo more than um, more than he would playing alongside Russ, because Lonzo is going to find him open a lot more than Russ is, and Lonzo is going to defer to Paul George more than Russ is going to defer to him. Also, you know, just cap space, um, it's it's going to cost a lot to keep him in OKC. Melo's still got another year on his deal to probably, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if OKC tried to trade away Melo after this season. Um,
1: yeah, I just don't know who's going to want that. Exactly, Melo. that's the I thing. Mean, I mean, maybe a second round pick for him now. I mean, he's 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 all right. He's no exactly. longer that superstar player. No, no, he's not.
2: Good he's spot up really shooter. falling apart. And so, like... You know, if I'm a team, I know we saw this a couple years with Philly, is that they just brought in guys because they needed to go over, the, you know, the minimum cap space. So if you're, you know, there were what like seven or eight teams that are just like tanking. They're just at the bottom. Yeah. And if you say, oh well, we need to, you know, fill a guy in. Um, oh, Melo has one year left on his contract. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but we need to pay someone. You know, maybe just bring him in. It brings, you know. Of, you know, more fans to the team. Maybe, oh, we got Carmelo Anthony. You know, he's better than, you know, the five scrubs that we start every night. um Maybe a team like the Hawks or uh, the Kings have a lot of money tied up, so it couldn't be them. um uh, The Suns couldn't either. I, yeah, that would be tough. um But I, I just really don't see how Oklahoma City can keep Melo there, thinking that he's, you know... The best option for them. He's making. He's going to make the most amount of his money next year. Um, I think he's going to accept his player option. He'd be dumb not to. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Melo ends up, and I think that could have also a big implication on where Paul George goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, you'd be an idiot not to accept a player option uh, for $27 million. oh
2: 27 Yeah,
1: $27 million. Wow, um, that
2: is bad. That's but, bad for OKC.
1: Yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, Melo's still, like, a serviceable scorer. I mean, 17 points a game, shooting 40%. I mean, 40%'s not great, but 36 from, from three. Uh, still a pretty good three-point shooter. Uh, you know, I he's really come into his own. Um, I mean, he's not the Melo of old, but he's really proven that he can still, you know, put together uh, enough scoring to, you know, help them win games. So, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think... He's going to end up opting in, um, yeah. and at that point, how much money do the Thunder really have? They can exceed the limit on their own players, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so they can re-sign they Paul can, George, and they can also give Paul George more money than any other team yeah, um, That's right. a max yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, who knows if Paul George is really in it for the money. We'll, you know, we'll really find out. Mm-hmm. But. You know that's gonna wrap us up for today's episode. Um, another, you know, it's great to be back on after a one-week hiatus. Oh, yeah. uh, playoffs coming close. Uh, we'll have coverage throughout. Uh, I'm Kevin Haswell. It's Blake Pace. Any last words?
2: Yeah, the the tank is on as always for the Knicks. You know, we we're stuck How they've been at, doing since losing since... eight or nine straight? I think. Ooh. I we all the teams right now below them are at like 22, 21 wins. The Knicks are stuck at 24. I, I keep checking the scores every day to see which of these scrub teams keep winning. Because if we can, if everyone ends up around 24 wins, you know, that's a whole mess for the lottery. You know, I'm, I'm trusting the process.
1: Trust, hey, trust the process. It's working exactly. out. We might get LeBron James. So <laughs> yeah. It oh might God, work out. Be a mess. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next week. Yeah, take care.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?